and much like the game of golf that you don't use the same club for every situation you don't use the same coaching style for every situation hey what's going on you're listening to the live leaderly podcast i'm your host darren alba here on the show we invite guests from all walks to share their stories about leadership which just become stories about life i ask that with the people in your life please tell your story listen to theirs but in the meantime we'll do it together here on the live leaderly podcast and joining us on the show today he's the former ceo of night point systems and board member at patriots bob eisenmenger bob welcome to the show how are you i'm good darren thanks for having me thanks for coming on where are you calling in from today uh northern virginia northern virginia so bob i, I read that uh at least a couple years ago you had a jeep cherokee that was over 200k want to ask if that if that jeep is still kicking uh, it's still kicking. It doesn't belong to me anymore. It's a it's an interesting story. During COVID, I went in to get um, get service on it. And as I was waiting for service, I started walking around the showroom just looking at vehicles. And uh, I've always wanted a pickup truck for the utility of it, and uh, ended up buying a pickup truck. Okay, but the Jeep still still lives. It it still does, uh, and it's still in great shape too. You know, like most things, if you get take good care of them, they'll last. All right, great. Uh, well, Bob, first question I like to ask, kind of a fun one, is if you have a, a first memory of leadership, either in your child or as a teenager, that you'd like to share. Yeah, you know, I, I came from a military family. Um, my dad's retired uh, lieutenant colonel who uh, spent 20 years as an explosive ordnance disposal officer. Uh, I had a brother who went to West Point ahead of me and uh, just a, a, a life lifetime of service is across my family, World War II, World War One, back, Civil War, uh, actually all the way back to the Revolutionary War. And so, you know, growing up in a military family, you, you find opportunities to to display leadership uh, because that's almost something that I think uh, in a military family, it's almost required. And so, uh, you know, I was, I was the guy on sports teams that that uh, looked to motivate people, looked to hold people accountable, looked to tell people, uh, when they weren't doing their part, I was the guy that asked people to hold me accountable. Um, and I, I wasn't the only one. I mean, there's, uh, there's tens of folks who, who, uh, who live leadership on a daily basis. And, and, and I think, uh, one of the big, uh, confusing parts out there for folks is people think you actually need to be in a position there where people report to you to be a leader. And that is not the case. In fact, I will tell you that the biggest challenge or the biggest obstacle or problem in the corporate world is that people get promoted because they're excellent individual contributors without uh, without looking at do they have a leadership ability are they coachable um you know do do they have uh do they have excellent skills in their current position and the potential to lead because a lot of uh, a lot of folks that are just in good individual contributors that's the best place for them in, in, in an organization. All right. And so covered a, a lot of ground since there, Bob. Uh, could you share a little bit more of your background since uh, since sports, young sports, Captain Bob? Yeah, sure. I, I, I had an older brother went to West Point. And so at some point, uh, I decided I wanted to do the same thing. And obviously, in, in, to get into West Point, you, you have to build a resume, as you know. Uh, and so part of that is uh, seeking out positions of leadership you know, getting letters in sports, doing good in school, all these things that um, that really take a lot of self-awareness and uh, self-management 
in order to be successful at. And so I, I did the same thing that most West Pointers do. And I became the president of certain clubs, the vice president. Uh, I was captain of two sports. And, and I just found opportunities to practice leadership. And then I attended West Point where obviously, um, you know, it, every day there could be leadership lessons at West Point. Been four years at West Point. Um, when Air Defense served in Europe, um, 88 to, to 92, 93, and decided to get out of the Army. First Gulf War was over. Uh, the Army was downsizing. And it seemed like a good time to start my second career. Uh, so I went into sales, uh, sales leadership, and then leadership and management development for a Fortune 100 pharmaceutical company. Uh, learned a ton about myself in that uh, uh, because I was one of those guys that was an excellent, uh, an excellent individual contributor who then went on and used my skills to help coach and mentor folks so that they could be better at what they do. Uh, and I've always found the key to that is if you provide the right resources and coaching uh, to folks, uh, they will amaze you with what they will accomplish. Uh, and that that's kind of all about the, the leadership culture, servant leadership. Um, and, and working for a, a big Fortune 100 company, there, I, I hit a certain point where I realized I don't want to do this for somebody else. I want to I, I want to build the company. I want to I want to build my own culture, and I want to build it with the people that I want to build it with. And so I started recruiting folks that had um, really unique skills. One, one of my best friends from the academy is a little brother, uh, one of the most phenomenal sales professionals you ever find. Um, a guy that he knew really well that played football at UVA. Uh, guy was a visionary. Um uh, had tons and tons and tons of great ideas. Uh, his brother came along for the ride. Uh, this is a guy who was tech, technically brilliant and, and had a had a great knack for uh, simplifying the complex for people who didn't know stuff about uh, uh, information technology. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I didn't I didn't know much about information technology myself, but I know how to I knew how to lead people. I knew how to run an, an operational unit. Uh, I knew how to motivate people. I knew how to uh, make sure that people had the right resources to do their best work. Um, and when when you run a business, those are the most important things. You know, you can hire you can hire uh, the technical technical talent. You know, that's a commodity. Having having good leadership is something that um, that isn't always so, and and it's harder harder to know until you're surrounded by it. Um, and I'll tell you this, Darren, I mean, you've been around leadership uh, your your whole life. I'll tell you one of the things that I've always found is that you certainly learn a lot more about leadership from crappy leaders than you do about the good ones. Uh, because those crappy ones, the things that they do and the things that they don't do, they stand out. You know, one of the exercises I used to run um, when I did leadership development, I was like, tell, tell me about all the attributes of someone that you know that is a crappy leader tell me all the attributes about somebody you don't trust and then and then you get this huge page i mean you probably get like 40 things if you let people go long enough and then you just ask them well what is the opposite of that what's the opposite of that and all of a sudden you have 40 attributes of what a good leader looks like a great point that those things stick out very vividly in your mind you can think back to certain events and certain actions that people did 
you know, go. I'm not going to do that. I'll do the exact opposite of that uh, to, sure. to be a good leader. Uh, so plenty, plenty of ground you covered. I'd, I'd love to ask a couple of questions um, about the, the steps along the way. If you could go back to uh, second lieutenant Eisenmenger, uh during your your you know initial stages there, were there any big leadership lessons that you stick out to you that that you learned as an early lieutenant? Yeah, I, 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 again, I think it goes back to leadership, and he learned uh, good le- leadership lessons and bad ones. And uh, I was one of the guys as a lieutenant who erred on the side of making sure the troops had what they needed, uh, making sure the troops were protected from bad decisions. Um, and, and I didn't always have a commander who who had the same thought process, right? And so um, it, it, it's one of those things that you, you got to try and find a balance. Um uh, you know, you always want to accomplish a mission. You always want to take care of your soldiers. And so what's what's the balance uh, about about trying to do both of those at the same time? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably the best example. And in the um, in the civilian world, uh, quite honestly, the, the one of the biggest challenges so much gets pushed down from above mm-hmm. uh, with with directives and and. Uh, and some of it is very, is very uh, kind of pace-setting type activities. Some of it is very direct, you need to do this. And the truth of the matter is, if you build up enough equity in organization, you don't always need to do what you're told to do. You know, you can, uh, you can, you can work through that. Um, you can make a case, hey, we're not going to do that. And, and here's why we're not going to do it. And why it's bad for business. So I found a, found a few episodes... Uh, where I did that and some of them were very successful and, and some of them were, it, um, it's all a matter of whether you want to confuse activity with accomplishment. Uh, and that's something I never wanted to do. Uh, I, I was about the accomplishment. Early on finding that, that balance between taking, taking care of people and accomplishing the mission, um, as, as that young Lieutenant. And then you move to a fortune 100 company, which is a very different environment. Pharmaceuticals, a very different environment. Are there what kinds of direct leadership lessons did you try to use when you showed up to that kind of company uh, from your time in the military and before that? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I'll tell you one of the biggest things that I learned is that um, people often tell you where they want to be and what they want to do, but they're not willing to take the steps to get there, right? And and so actually to to talk about something like leaderly, uh, leaderly is a tool that someone can use to help them learn about leadership. Uh, I can't remember the amount of times that I had folks come to me, and this is in the army. This is in uh, in pharmaceuticals. This is this is in my uh, information technology company. Uh, folks that had come to me and told me that they wanted to get this position, and uh, oftentimes I would sit down with them. Well, let's think about the things that you need to do to get to the next step. You know, some of that is um, some of that is uh, self education about products and services that you may have. Uh, some of it's getting certifications. Uh, some of it's having conversations. Some of it's put, pulling together reports, uh, giving presentations. Uh, and I, I can tell you, I used to tell people who said, well, I can't get any experience in doing leadership. I'm like, um, do you, do you coach? Uh, do you coach any sports? Uh, do you have the time to coach any sports? Are you active in, um, in social organizations in and around your community? Uh, are you active in your church? There's so many different things that people can do uh, where they can practice leadership on a daily basis, but they have to, they have to really want to. And, you know, it's interesting. If, if you sit down with folks and, and you come up with a plan 
50% of the people will surprise you with their ingenuity and they'll knock it out of the park. And the other 50% will disappoint you because they won't do anything. Because did they want more leadership or did they want another position? No, they wanted a title. They wanted some money. That's what they wanted because they weren't willing to do the additional work that would get them to where they wanted to be. That's a, a great kind of transition to a big theme of the show, which the show name is is a living leader. We, like you said, leadership isn't tied to that position. You, you mentioned that early on when you're talking about your your early sports uh, leadership. It doesn't you don't have to be the team captain. You can lead from any place within a team. Um, and so, if you could think about maybe the the leaders that have had the most impact on you, and you don't have to mention names if you don't want, but the the leaders that have had the most impact on you. What are the the kinds of things that they would do in the the days, weeks, and months um, that really stuck out that you tried to make and incorporate as part of your life? Yeah, well, I, I think the key thing is um, is they were emotionally intelligent. Number one. Um, number two, they they were the type of leader that would uh, flex over multiple leadership styles. You know, uh, sometimes you have to be directive. Sometimes you have to tell people what to do, um, and that's okay. Uh, if you've built enough trust within that organization or that team, that that team will say, hey, the boss says we got to go do this. And, and you move out and you go do it. Now, if 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 you're the, the leader and you haven't shown character and competence, uh, it's kind of hard to be directive because people don't trust that you know what you're doing. I, I've always found uh, flexion between two, three, sometimes even four leadership styles always helps. You know, I could be I could be directive. I could be a coach. Uh, I loved leading through a participative style where people got involved in decision making. And there were at times where uh, I was a pace setter. I, I, I tried to stay away from uh, being a cheerleader because it's just it's just not the way I am for the most part. Um, and people could see right through it. Right. And so you also as a leader, you got to be genuine because people will see right through it if you're not. So having a, you mentioned sometimes having four different styles that you choose between for, for certain situations and certain people. Next kind of theme that we have to our show is that anyone can learn to lead. And so there are people that are introverts. There are people that are more cheerleaders, uh, like you mentioned, that that's genuine to them. That's that's how they lead. And so is that something that also resonates with you, Bob, that anyone can learn to lead? Yeah, I, I think anyone can, uh, as long as they're open to about flexing leadership styles, right? And so... Um, so I know I know a lot of folks that are great cheerleaders and, and they will cheer people all day long. Uh, but what just cheerleading does doesn't provide direction. Uh, sometimes it doesn't provide the right motivation because let's face it, there's a, there's a lot of us that we don't need someone to cheer us. Uh, we need someone to to roll up their sleeves next to us. We need we need someone to make sure we have the right resources, but we don't need them cheering for us. Um, so I think the people who get in trouble is when they learn about one leadership style and they abuse it. You you really have to flex. I mean, think about it. If you if you use a participative leadership style where you're getting people involved and building consensus, if you did that every time, your focus would be like, oh, geez, this guy doesn't know anything. And and you would lose some of that uh, trust that you built that because you've shown confidence that you you actually do know what you're doing. And so I think that's part of the beauty of it. There, there's some great, uh, some great articles, some great books. Uh, if you want to Google, if anyone wants to Google emotional intelligence, uh, a guy named Daniel Goleman, uh, G-O-L-E-M-A-N. Uh, Harvard Business Review actually has a great article, um, uh, Leadership That Gets Results. 
And, and the, the, the picture that accompanies the Harvard Business Review article is uh, President Eisenhower, also a West Point graduate, and it's got him in front of a, a set of golf clubs. And, and much like the game of golf, that you don't use the same club for every situation, you don't use the same coaching style for every situation. I really like that. There's, you don't use the same. You don't use a putter the whole, the whole round. That would yeah, make a could. lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, you could. It, t- it would take you forever, but uh, probably not the best thing to do. So flex, be able to flex between the two, or between uh, different kinds of styles, like you said. And so, Bob, we're about to close out here shortly, but I'll, I'll kick it back over to you if you have any more thoughts for the podcast. Yeah, I, I'll just say this. I, th- I think uh, to me, leadership is about uh, it's about taking care of people. It's, it's about uh, the mission. It's about accomplishing the mission. It's, a, it's about being flexible. Um, it's, it's about treating people with respect. It's about integrity. There's so many thing that's, things that leadership is about. Uh, and, and, and I'll tell you the most interesting thing is you can read about all these things. I mean, you, you go to a Barnes & Noble. There's probably a thousand books on leadership, uh, decision-making, coaching, all the things that you do as a leader, resource management, everything, uh, building trust within an organization, um, habits you should have as a leader. There, there's so much information out there. Uh, and, and look, this is this is a plug for leaderly. Why not use something uh, that sits in the palm of your hand where everybody has that thing within 10 feet of them, uh, probably the majority of their day. And, and so if you can get that, that's a that's a great tool. And you can. You could learn. Now, people need to help you. You need coaches and mentors along the way in order to become a really, really good leader. Uh, but you can definitely learn about leadership. And you can learn things that will help you be a better leader. But you got to practice. And you got to find the right opportunities to practice things that you learn in an environment that's conducive to, to good coaching, good mentoring. You can read, you can learn about things in the way but you have to put those things into practice. You have to apply those things in your life. So Bob, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for sharing your story and, and your lessons from over the years. And for all those listening out there, thank you again for joining us here on the Live Leaderly podcast.